Move Forward Radio is brought to you by ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Eric Reese. Taylor and Allie Moreland knew before their son Brody was born that he would face significant challenges from spina bifida. Taylor acknowledges that he initially mourned for all the activities that Brody would never experience. His perspective changed quickly, though, thanks to his son's irrepressible spirit and the knowledge and skills of Gertie Montevalli, a pediatric physical therapist who worked intensively with the toddler. Taylor, who had a knack for fixing things and improvising solutions, set to work inventing and perfecting a mobility device for his son that would come to be known as the frog. It changed Brody's life by sharpening his abilities and broadening his horizons. It also started what Taylor now calls his hobby, producing the frog at little or no cost to share with children and their families around the world. Brody also greatly benefited from targeted electrical stimulation, a physical therapy intervention that Gertie says holds great promise for children with spina bifida, spinal cord injuries, and other disabling conditions. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, she shares her research findings based on Brody's experiences. Here's our conversation with Taylor and Gertie. Can you tell us a little bit about your son, Brody, and, and the physical and mobility issues that, that led to your basically literally taking matters into your own hands? I mean, I, I've read that your mind initially went, understandably, to all the kinds of things that your son couldn't do, but obviously that changed quite a bit along the way. So, so first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about Brody? Sure. Yeah. Well, first off, yeah, thanks for having me here, Eric. This is my first podcast interview, so I'm really excited. Yeah, but anyway, so Brody was born with uh, spina bifida and spinal cord atrophy back in April of 2017. So essentially, physically, he is paralyzed from his chest down. And, you know, through his first year, we didn't really know a lot about, you know, what he was could and couldn't do. We were still trying to figure out a lot of that, a lot of doctor's visits, a lot of physical therapy um, to really kind of get his body figured out. But, yeah, so essentially um, he is paralyzed from the chest down, mm-hmm. um, which obviously really limits his mobility. Right. And, and like, like you said, you know, whenever we first realized that we were going to have a child with spina bifida, um, you know, he was still in the womb and, you know, we were, you know, you, you just, it hits you that, you know, you think negatively whenever you hear bad news like this about all the things, you know, you were hoping to do with your son that you might not be able to do anymore. You start thinking very negatively. But, you know, really, it didn't take very long. I mean, a week or two weeks, just realize, you know what, who cares if maybe he can't play football like I did. There's mm-hmm. so many more things that he, he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, it, then you want to adopt that mindset of, mm-hmm. you know, bolstering what he can do. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where the frog came from. Is, is kind of from, from that mindset. Taylor, was there something about Brody's spirit or something early on that kind of told you that not only were you projecting your own hopes for him, but he, he was showing you that he had this spirit and that he would be able to do things and, uh, you know, dad, mom and dad just work with me here? Yeah, I, I think Gertie will agree with me on this, but we, we started physical therapy back when he was, uh, you know, six months old. And I mean, right off the bat, he was, I mean, just so, such a great, you know, as far as like, you know, trying to, you know, help us help him improve, you know, what, what he could do. I mean, he was just so great about, uh, about doing that. So motivated at such a, such a young age. 
Um, and then by the time he was a year old, we, we had him in a, a baby wheelchair, a zip-zack is what we had, modified it um, so it would fit him. And it took, a, I mean, a half hour uh, is all the training that, that he needed mm. to learn how to go forward and backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he couldn't turn. You know, it took a while, a long while before he was able to turn. But he was motivated, and he, I mean, he was in that for quite a while. Um, he was going forward and backwards in it and had the drive to move. Um, right. But I think, yeah, he has a very strong spirit when it comes to uh, um, exploring this world. So, uh, Taylor, I wanted to ask you what your line of work is. You're, you're not an inventor by trade, right? But somehow you got it in your head uh, to try to create a project that, that, uh, to, uh, to help improve uh, Brody's mobility. Can you talk about sort of how you got that idea in the first place and when in his life you got it? So I guess background on me, I, I'm, I'm not an engineer by trade. I'm not, not an inventor, really. I grew up on a farm, so I, I, made, I made things, you know, on, on the farm with my dad. My dad is, was very mechanically minded, and so mm-hmm. he kind of taught me a lot of that. Um, you know, I can visualize 3D modeling in my head, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of, I, I'm just kind of, you know, I guess, you know, made that way. And I've always been very curious, too. Um, so I think that's, that's kind of where, you know, or uh, how I was able to, to make the frogs so the idea started with Gertie. She um, gave us, and she's really, I mean, I've, I've got to give her a lot of credit here because she really is the one who, you know, kind of taught me to think outside the box when it, you know, in terms of Brody's mobility and his physical therapy, um, you know, right off the bat, she was making things, you know, for him. And so she, she gave us a, a scooter board, basically a homemade scooter board, just a, a board with some caster wheels on the bottom of it. Um, she said, try this, lay him on it at home on, you know, on the kitchen floor and see if he can scoot around on his, on his stomach. And so we did, and it worked okay. Mm-hmm. But I saw some limitations, you know, as far as he couldn't go on the carpet, his hands would get stuck underneath of it. Um, he couldn't, you know, lay his head down on the floor uh, when he got tired, um, just those kind of, kinds of things. So I just started tinkering around. Um, and it probably took about a month before I, I built was able to build the, the first working model of the frog. And tell us how, how you got the, the name the frog for it. <laughs> the original name for the frog came from, I guess, the very first model, which doesn't look anything like the way it looks now, but uh-huh. it, kind of, it kind of had an upward slant, kind of had two uh, caster wheels in the front and a big wheel in the back, and so it just, you know, the shape of it looked like the frog. And, you know, so we kind of called it the frog then. And then once, once he started using, you know, kind of a modern frog, he kind of adopted uh, almost a hop with his, uh-huh. with his, uh, with his arms, you know, on, on carpet especially um, to really help propel himself forward a lot faster. And so the name just stuck. Okay, well, uh, that's that's interesting. Let, let's bring in uh, Gertie here. Um, you you worked obviously worked with um, uh, worked with Brody from a very early age, and as as Taylor just said, you developed uh, or, or kind of presented some kind of early models of mobility devices that could help him. Could you kind of talk about what you saw in Brody when you first started seeing him, and sort of how you worked with uh, worked with uh, Taylor to kind of uh, develop the idea that there might be a better product for him to use. So I started seeing him when he was six months old, and like Taylor was saying, he had no movement and no sensation below his rib cage. Mm-hmm. So he was totally paralyzed, and he would be considered a pretty severe case of spina bifida. 
uh, I knew I had to get a mobile, and I was using two separate approaches. So one, I wanted to have his paralyzed muscle start firing, and I used electrical stimulation for that. And second, I knew I had to find adaptive equipment that would allow him to be as close to the positions that other kids were his age. Mm-hmm. So we got him in a stander at nine months old um, for a couple hours each day, like other kids at that age, you know, nine months they start standing. So we felt it was important for his mental and physical growth and for his hips um, to be up and standing. And like Dad was saying, we gave him a little baby wheelchair, it's called a zip sack, um, so he could get mobile and go to places. Um, what I've seen over the last 30, day, 30 years as a, a pediatric physical therapist is that the kids that can't move, if you don't give them a way to move, they become mm-hmm. watchers. You know, they just are in their place and get entertained by other people doing stuff. But the kids that get mobility, regardless if it is um, a power wheelchair, if it is a little baby wheelchair, if it is the frog, they become doers. You know, they're going to be mm-hmm. right in the midst of all the fun. And that's right. what I wanted for Brody. Right. W- were you surprised that uh, this kind of with the speed with which Taylor came up with something that uh, that was uh, an improvement on, on what was already out there? See, when I gave him the first crawler that was here on the market, I, I told him that it has never worked for me, you know, for any child. And exactly for the reasons that Taylor was describing. Right. You know, it has four wheels and a platform so kids would get their fingers caught, and then when they were tired, they had to just let the head hang down, you know, and it didn't have the feedback like the frog. So for the frog, since um, it goes forward and backwards, it teeters backwards and forward, when you push with your arms, you're up, and when you don't, you can lay your head down, and your body goes down. So it's a very normal feedback, like another child that can use their body. So when they push with their arms, they're up, and then when they don't push, they're down. So mm-hmm. I loved I loved that feedback that he gave him. So I think it really helped that Taylor hadn't seen what else was on the market. So he had like this fresh and brilliant mind and could just come up with a totally new idea that just has never been made. And, and he And he wasn't even aware of what the limitations might be, so therefore he kind of looked past them. Right, right. I think he just looked at Brody and his ability, and then just was trying to adapt the frog to what Brody could do. And Brody is strong with his arms. He can hold his head up, you know, mm-hmm. so that he's able to use the strong part of his body to be mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor, can you talk about what was kind of going through your mind uh, early on? Uh, and again, this might be an early early prototype of the frog, but when you first saw that what you had created was going to help your son in a, in a way that the other products, uh, the other more rudimentary products, had not, sort of sort of how you felt at that point about the the possibilities. Yeah, so it took a while to get to kind of the early, you know, version of the frog that actually worked uh, for mm-hmm. Brody. But, mm-hmm. you know, once we got to that, to that point and he was able to move, I mean, it, at first it was just, you know, a few feet across the kitchen floor. Um, right. and he was doing it, you know, uh, seemingly much, you know, easier, much more happy than, than he was, um, you know, uh, in the early models of the frog and then with that platform crawler, the, the scooter board. Um, so then once we kind of saw him, 
you know, light up, that he could move and he could do it, you know, pretty easily. Then we started really adapting it um, and getting to the point where, where um, you could go all around the house. And so I guess the, yeah, the first model um, that, that worked for Brody, oh, we were excited just for Brody. Um, sure, we wanted sure. To show, to show Gertie um, you know, what we'd, we'd made just so that, you know, we could get feedback from her about how to improve it for Brody, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But as soon as we showed it to Gertie, she said, there's nothing out there like this that I'm aware of. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would work for some of my other children. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, she asked us if, if we could, um, you know, make her a couple of models that she could test out with, with her, her kids. And mm-hmm. so once we heard there wasn't anything like this and it could help other children, you know, just a light bulb went off. Wow, we really need to get this out there to other kids. Right, right, and I want to, and I want to get to that in, uh, shortly. But, but first of all, Gertie, I wanted to ask you, uh, you. You've kind of touched on this a little bit, but could you talk a little bit more about what the frog, in particular, that product's therapeutic benefits are for for Brody, and the ways in which those benefits might differ from from other other models or other similar products that you'd seen before that? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, for one, the frog is very light and. It can move very easily. Um, so depending on if you want to have the child move or if you want to have the child work really hard, you can adjust the frog. So when you adjust the wheels, and we also have like a counterbalance in the back, so you can either make it really easy for the kids to move or like for some kids that I needed to get stronger with their arms, I made it actually a little bit harder so I could really get them to push against gravity and keep the head and their trunk up. Um, so it gives me a lot of options um, to adjust. And then what happens with kids that can move, for example, in the frog, it helps their balance. So mm-hmm. in order to develop our vestibular system, we have to move in space. So he can go forward, backwards, he can spin in circles, and all of that helps balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, for children that have to sit a lot either wheelchairs or just sit because they can't move, um, they have the same problem that we can get, which means their back gets round, um, their arms are not as strong, and uh, for kids that are paralyzed or have cerebral palsy, sometimes you get like really tight hips, so they can't extend their hips that well anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, being in the frog, you get beautiful extension of the whole back, and your back muscles really have to fire while you're in there, at the same time, you get hip extension. So both hips are extended while you're lying in there. So you're working on preventing contractions at the same time. So you're really addressing a lot of different issues. I would think there have to be psychological benefits, too, in, in that the child realizes that he or she uh, can, can do these things, and it kind of propels them to, to want to try to do more than perhaps they would otherwise. You're absolutely right. I mean, it was once Brody figured out how to use the frog, when you would carry him, he would make like this movement with his arms, like he would be in the frog when he wanted to move, you know. So that was mm-hmm. his idea, like, in order to move, you know, have to move that. And that was kind of his sign to us, like, I, I want to get down there. He was still little. You couldn't say it. I want to get down there. I want to move. Yeah. You know? so he really knew he could move his body forward. Right. I mean, he couldn't say it, but you could see it. That, that he wanted oh, totally. to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, uh, Taylor, I, I want to talk with you shortly about your efforts to, to share the prog with, prog with other kids who would benefit from it. But first, can you and or Gertie, or wh- whichever one, uh, talk a little bit about what makes a child a good candidate for the device in terms of uh, his or her age and, and physical abilities? Uh, Gertie, you want to take first? this one? Yeah, sure, uh-huh. you go first. So um, I think there's a certain age um, developmentally, which is around like nine months when kids want to move forward. So when I select the frog for some of my other patients, I kind of look at that mental age. It doesn't have to be physical, but mental age of about nine months, you know, where they show some desire to uh, move forward Um then in terms of their ability, they have to be able to hold their head up against gravity for at least like 15 seconds, and they have to be able to move their arms forward. Um, mm-hmm. But um, otherwise, I think it's great for children with spinal bifida, with um, spinal cord injury, uh, children that are missing legs. Um, I've used it in my children who have Down syndrome that are really weak with their upper body, and I wanted them to kind of get an idea about pushing with their arms and holding their head up so they could actually learn how to crawl. And that way I only had to address one part of the crawling, which was the arms and holding the head up with mm-hmm. the legs at the same time. Um, and in children with cerebral palsy, it would be the same idea that they could really work on their upper body strength and on the strength of their arms, which would help them later in life, like if they have to use a walker, they were strong to hold themselves up or hopefully, you know, when they can walk like with crutches or something like that. Taylor, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, Gertie kind of addressed the, the main things there. I will say, yeah, we do have a seven-month-old little girl right now using the frog. We've got a video of her, and she's using it I mean, fantastic. And it's so great to see that because, to my knowledge, there really isn't a mobility device for children as young as, you know, seven months. Mm-hmm. That they can mm-hmm. they can use dynamically, you know, mm-hmm. to get around the entire house. Um, so I think that's that's really exciting to see, you know, a baby, you know, using using the frog who wouldn't be mobile mm-hmm. otherwise, and now they are. Especially, you know, at that age, everything is on the floor, so all the toys are on the floor. So I think that was our limitation with the baby wheelchair. We were using the zip sack that all the toys were on the floor, so we could put stuff up for him that was at that level where the sip sack is, but then he couldn't reach the toys that were on the floor, you uh, know, uh-huh. the balls that were rolling on the floor. Uh-huh. So um, with the frog, that is exactly what he can reach, you know, all the stuff that's on the floor that the other kids play with. A quick break to encourage you to move. Physical activity is associated with a reduced risk of chronic disease, not to mention improved bone health, cognitive function, weight control, and overall quality of life. Simply put, more movement is the gateway to better health. Need some help to get going? Physical therapists are movement experts who use exercise, hands-on care, and patient education to help you meet your goals. You can contact a PT directly for an evaluation. Learn more and find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com. Are there safety concerns that people should know about in terms of, for instance, things like supervision? Sure, yeah. I mean, we always want, you know, especially whenever children are, are first learning the frog, because it's not one of those things that you, you put them in there and then off they go. Um, right. there, there is, you know, a, some time period that they need, you know, some pretty close supervision um, while they're first learning, because 
like Gertie mentioned, you know, with, with the tilting feature, um, you know, their, their head and their chest is, is not fixed at a, at a height off the ground. Um, they can lower their head to the ground. This is one of the, the big benefits of the frog, but it also, um, you know, does have some safety concerns if they don't quite understand that, right. um, you know, that, that, that movement there that they, they can, you know, potentially drop, drop their, their arms and hit their head on the ground, uh, that kind of thing. So we do, every, every frog that we, that we ship, we have a head safety pad that we include, um, you know, basically to use for training. Uh, Velcro's on the front, uh, provides a barrier between uh, their, their head and, and the floor, just in case they're on a hard surface so they don't, um, you know, injure their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other, other thing is with, with the placement of the wheels, there's a possibility that, you know, a child could get their, their hands, you know, to the wheels or under the wheels while they're moving forward. And so this we've actually addressed with a wheel guard, which is, you know, something which I, I think it's pretty new as far as uh, mobility devices are, are concerned or maybe unique to the frog just in you know, particular, but it's basically a guard that goes over the wheel that kind of floats on the ground. And so that prevents children's you know, fingers from going underneath the wheels mm-hmm. themselves. With Taylor, so we, we see that, you know, with other children too that learn how to crawl, that sometimes they bump their head, you know, just at that point they're not in a device, you know. So it's, it's the same with the frog if you don't hold your head up and push with your arms. If you just let your arms go, then you could potentially, you know, bump your head on the ground. Is there much of a learning curve for a, for a kid to uh, to kind of get used to using the frog, or is it pretty much intuitive as 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 they go along with it? I think every child is different. With Brody, it was a progression. You know, it took us a while, you know, to you know create the the first frog that is you know like the current frogs, and so he had a lot of time in other crawling, you know, other ad- adaptations of the frog before he was actually in the first one. Once he was in the first. You know, real, you know, the one made out of plastic and everything, then he was already pretty advanced and he was already, you know, going around the house. But it's still been a progression. I mean, um, you know, he used to, <laughs> he wasn't very spatially aware. And I think uh-huh. that, that comes with just not being able to move around in space, you know, in, in his environment. He just wasn't spatially aware with what was around him. And, you know, he would, uh, you know, run, run into some, some walls, run into some, some corners on, on the cabinets. But, after he kind of learned his body and learned how to use it, it took maybe a month, and he was, you know, really, really good um, about uh-huh. nav- navigating the frog. I would agree with Taylor. You know, I think a lot of people think you put the child into the frog and they just take off, and that is not the case. You know, they have to just kind of learn how to move in the frog. And mm-hmm. so sometimes I think uh, Taylor and Allie, um, Brody's parents, did a really great job sometimes to just put him in there and let it let him figure out what to do so they gave him time there to figure out his body in the frog mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's true for all the other children I've seen and I think that was certainly something where it felt like some parents were thinking it should work like really fast yeah uh, that they know how to move in it yeah. and it just takes a little bit of time when we first started out we put Brody in there for you know five minutes at a time ten minutes uh-huh. at a time and, you know, put them on the carpet, really not necessarily to be mobile, but to learn how the balance worked on, on the frog, you know, learn how he needed to push up, how he needed to push, you know, to, you know, bring himself down, um, how to turn, that, that kind of thing. So, right. um, yeah, t- taking it slow, letting your, you know, the child figure out the balance first is, is the, the first step. And then also, 
uh, you know, trying different settings, so different wheel placements, you know, forward or backward, and different uh, counterbalance weights uh, mm -hmm. is is a good thing to to try too. I guess to an extent, it's, it's almost teaching or allowing the the child to regard the device as, as a, being an extension of themselves. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Taylor, the frog has a website with more information, and there's a, a GoFundMe page as well, in keeping with your goal of, of giving away frogs to, to any kid who'd benefit from it. Can you talk about all that and share those details, that web address and, and so on? Sure. So first off, our website is frogmobilityllc.com, um, and our GoFundMe page is gofundme.com uh, slash help Brody get kids moving. There's a link to that on our website, too. So... Whenever we, yeah, whenever we started uh, this kind of the frog project, as we call it, um, you know, kind of our mission to uh, get frogs to other children, um, we wanted to do it in a way that was, you know, low to zero cost to other families because as a parent of a child with special needs, you know, equipment and medical expenses are very expensive and they're there are, you know, organizations and insurance does does provide assistance um, for a lot of these things, but you know, jumping through the hoops is just a hassle. And right. so we thought, well, if we can produce it inexpensively, and then basically how we set it up is, if if you can afford the three hundred dollars that it cost us to make it and ship it, you can pay that, or you can pay all the way down to zero. You choose. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we we do give away about seventy five percent of them um, right now for free. And how many, uh, what kind of a response have you gotten so far? So we've gotten uh, a, a really good response from, you know, the parents who, whose children have been able to uh, uh, to use it. I mean, there, there are some children that once they get it, they, they realize it, was, it wasn't quite for what their child needed necessarily. But, yeah, for the vast majority, we've gotten a very good response. Um, you know, really, we've sent out about 150 thus far um, to families, uh, about seven different countries, and, we actually just did a, a follow-up email here here recently just to see how things were going, mm -hmm. and we got an overwhelming you know response from parents you know sending us videos and pictures of their child using the frog, and you know there's been a lot of trying times in this adventure of ours, a lot of late nights, a lot of long hours, but to see those you know children moving around very very rewarding. Did you have any inkling when you first got started with this that you might invent a product that would be used by people in, in foreign countries and you'd be sending out over 100 of these things in a relatively short amount of time? When I first started out, I just wanted my son to crawl. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Uh, and it was that way for a while. And honestly, whenever you know, Gertie said there wasn't anything like it, and we kind of thought, well, maybe you know, we're on to something here. Maybe we can you know, help other kids. I thought it you know, would be fantastic if we could send out, you know, 50 of these in, in a year's time. It would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, to have the response like we've had has been, you know, a bit overwhelming at times, but really, really great. And we're also, you know, kind of using that, that to catapult some of my other ideas. I've got uh, a couple other products that we'll be coming out with here pretty shortly. Well, and I want to ask you about that, but first of all, um, I assume that means that the uh, the fundraising has has gone well enough to be in, enable you to do these things. So you've also gotten a good response to the GoFundMe page. Right, we've had a great response to the GoFundMe page. Um, you know, ever since media started to pick it up, and then you know, ABC World News picked it up, and that was a huge boost. Um, no, not not just to our fundraising, but also to the awareness about the frog and our our orders. You know, really skyrocketed after that. So yeah, fundraising has been great. We've raised about $150,000 thus far, and you know that's allowed us to really 
you know, get some equipment and get some help and you know, as far as engineering help and, you know, really take on some of the issues we feel need to be, you know, taken on first to get this out to more, more children's. So I understand that the frog even received a design award from something called the uh, the Patent Innovation Association. So, so first of all, congratulations on that. And second of all, you just alluded to having other product ideas. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So it's uh, the the Patient Innovation Awards is what uh, Patient the, Innovation. The Sorry about that. Patient Innovation. That's all right. Got it. I didn't know anything about this, uh, you know, b- before they contacted us either. It's through the European Institute of Technology Health segment, I guess, or health organization. So they're they're a nonprofit group of, you know, a small group of people that basically they scour the Internet, you know, looking for, you know, people, whether it be patients themselves, caregivers, you know, medical professionals who have created, you know, innovative devices to help patients who who need them. Mm -hmm. And so this is their coming up on their fourth annual award ceremony here in December. And so they called us, oh, I guess it was about three months ago, told us they were looking at us, you know, as, as a recipient. And um, so they, yeah, they recently just yeah, informed us that we are one of the three, I believe, I believe there's three recipients this year. Um, and so, yeah, it's a worldwide award that, that they give out. So will you be going to that ceremony? Uh, I, you know, we, we would like to. It's in Paris in, you know, on December 2nd. And, you know, we, we, we thought it would be great to go, but uh, Paris in December with two little little boys, our youngest, you know, he's, uh, I guess, eight weeks old now. Right, um, right. We, we decided it wouldn't be a great idea. Uh-huh. But luckily, uh, our wonderful physical therapist, Gertie, has, you know, has stepped up and she, she's going to be going for us to accept our award. So, so Gertie, you're going to take one for the team and go to Paris? That's right. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very excited about that. Well, that's that's very cool. So uh, again, I had asked you, Taylor, about uh, other products. That you, you mentioned that you've got some other invention ideas. Uh, can can you talk about what those are? Sure. So yeah, we we have a model of a, a toddler or baby wheelchair ourselves now, and we currently call it the GoBro for Go Brody. And mm-hmm. I think I, I developed the first one back in February or March for Brody, and. You know, basically, he was needing a new zip sack, a larger zip sack, but those are fairly expensive. And so I decided, well, I can probably make one myself or make something, you know, similar myself. And so we did, and it worked great for him. And, you know, currently, the current model is about half the weight of the zip sack, which really kind of helps him, you know, especially through through carpeting and, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's got a high backrest, which that's one thing for Brody, since he can't sit up on his own. He needed to be strapped into something, mm-hmm. um, so it's got kind of has a high backrest with a with the chest support, um, and then it's adjustable in, in various ways. And the feature we like the best actually it's uh, has a built-in potty chair, so it oh, wow. sounds kind of odd. Yeah, it sounds kind of odd, but for children with spina bifida, you know, a lot of them have to do um, you know a bowel program, an program. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Brody started that. Um, Oh, I guess it was about six months ago, and so we just basically incorporated this, you know, potty chair feature into his GoPro, and you know, instead of having to sit on a potty chair after we do, um, you know, the Enema program for an hour or so, he can sit on a GoPro and mm-hmm. uh, eat his breakfast if he wants to, you know, and, and yeah, go around the yeah. house, and you know, it really keeps everything clean and it's easy clean up, and you know, he loves it. So that's what we're really excited about. 
So do you think of yourself uh, at this point as, as kind of your, your job being uh, your product designer for, for children with disabilities? <laughs> uh, it's a hobby. Um, it's, yeah, I guess more more than a hobby now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my, you know, I I have an, another business is my my full time job that, that I run um, provides our in, our income, and so uh, luckily being my own boss and you know having um, kind of some free time um, or free to you know schedule my own time. Right. Um, yeah, I, I am able to to spend uh, uh, more time now developing you know, new new ideas and everything. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe a, a second job. I don't know. It's, I, I really don't know what, what my job title is some days. <laughs> I, I think uh, what works so well, so I, I think a lot of first of all therapists that we work for so many years with kids, we have ideas, but we don't have the mechanical or technical skills to make that. Right. So they often, we kind of bounce off ideas, you know, saying, well, Taylor, wouldn't it be great to have this in this for Brody? And uh-huh. uh, Taylor, with his brilliant mind, kind of, you know, just lets it kind of sit, and he has all these ideas, and he just comes up with something amazing. Um, so I, I think in, in the line of ideas uh, we have kind of developing right now, it would be more towards children with spina bifida or more towards children with uh, lower extremity paralysis. Um, mm-hmm. But we will be um, featuring some of those uh, in June in Phoenix at the APTA conference, the next conference. So uh, we were invited to speak there, and we were going to show like three or four of uh, Taylor's inventions at the conference. So yeah, not having uh, you know any any background in physical therapy or in the medical field, you know, really, you know, my my knowledge as far as needs come from Brody. When I see something that Brody could benefit from, you know, that's that's what sparks the idea. That's what sparks the motivation. Um, and then, you know, it just happens to work for other other children too. So um, yeah, really, um, you know, I. I don't. I don't know if yeah, if that's you know a, a fair fair description of uh, you know an, an innovator, but uh, I, I just find something that works for my my child and uh, or now now Gertie's giving me ideas too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but as you're as you're saying, there's a definite synergy there between uh, between the uh, the health professionals and and uh, the people with uh, with uh, invention and innovate, innovation ideas. So if you when you get when you get those things together at a conference, you you may spark more people that can kind of put those kinds of ideas together. That's right. So Gertie, I wanted to talk with you about something that's sort of related. Um earlier this year, you were the lead author of a case report about the effects of something called spinal electrical stimulation on on what the paper what that paper called an infant with spina bifida well we we know that that infant in fact was brody so can you tell us uh what that spinal electrical stimulation what what that's all about uh, and what the results were with brody and why you believe the case study uh, might have implications for other children with spina bifida so like i said earlier when he came at six months old i needed to address his mobility in two ways one to do something to activate his muscles and then to, to find some equipment. So activating his muscles, we started with electrical stimulation, which you put two electrodes on a muscle, and then as the current goes through those electrodes, the muscle contracts. So initially, we started that on all of his large muscles, so the 
muscles on his bottom, the muscle to help for hip extension, the muscles on his thighs to help for knee extension. And um, Taylor and Ali spent hours a day placing electrodes on different muscles and activating them for like 20 minutes at a time, you know, so they would do the front of the legs 20 minutes, the back of the legs 20 minutes, the bottom 20 minutes, the calf 20 minutes. So it was just very labor intensive. And while Brody showed contractions in the muscle, when the electrodes were not on, there was just nothing. There were no Mm. movements spontaneously. So I contacted Dr. Gad Alon. He is a Ph.D., physical therapist at the Maryland School of Medicine. And he's one of the best known specialists in electrical stimulation. And I talked with him about Brody's case and I was saying, I don't know what else to do to help this child. And then he said, well, why don't you place the electrodes directly over the spine and the bottom of the feet which is exactly the way the nerves go. They go from the spine to, you know, the different muscles all the way to the bottom of the feet and see what he can get there. So we did that, and um, Ellie and Taylor, I mean, they're just most amazing parents because they did this every day. They were really good in reporting back to me what they were seeing, and within about two weeks, he started to move without the electrodes on him. Uh, the movements were like here and there, like a couple times a day. He would just mm-hmm. flex his hip or extend his knee or uh, move his ankle, but it was something he had never done before. So we used this spinal uh, electrical stimulation protocol for him every day, only for his legs, but then later also for his trunk. Uh, remember, his trunk is, is paralyzed, partially paralyzed too, So then we actually learned to place electrodes higher on his trunk too to get his trunk muscles to activate more. Now the amazing part is that doing that, he has gotten much, much stronger in his trunk, in muscles that were previously paralyzed. So now he can sit up on the ground. He still needs to have like one hand on the ground, but he can play with the other one, but he can actually extend his back um, he started to be able to get into kneeling, like being tall in kneeling when he supports like on a little bench or something like that. So he's been able to extend his hips in kneeling, which again, before were muscles that were totally paralyzed. And on top of that, he started to have feeling in both legs. So we made like a chart um, to show which part of his body, did he have any feelings? And so initially there was nothing. You could uh, pinprick him with a little needle. There was nothing. You could put like ice on his skin. There was nothing. You could squeeze his leg. There was nothing. And so now, this is two years later, there are many, many, many parts of his lower legs um, and his trunk where he has feeling now. So we were all able to show that in those charts and submit that uh, for publication and um, they really found our results valid and did publish. Um, I have started with um, five other children too to use the same protocol 
and actually just tonight they're going to have something on our local TV station about um, how spinal electrical stimulation has helped another child who is six years old as well to have movements and sensation he never had in his life before. Well, this sounds incredibly significant. Yes, I think it is. You know, I, I think, to my knowledge, and, and Dr. Alan was actually the one who supported that, and he's now going around the world and kind of presenting those uh, results, that there has been nothing before where you could actually get muscles that were paralyzed to start getting activated again. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get muscles that were there stronger, but you couldn't get new muscles that couldn't fire to fire. Hmm. And so we have been able to do that. It takes a lot of time and effort, nothing fast, but it has been very exciting. Taylor, I, I want to I close with you. Given the places that Brody's journey has taken him, has taken you, and potentially uh, kind of by virtue of the frog and, and other developments may have taken other children, do you kind of wonder if fate's played a part in all this, or, or do you at least feel like there's truth in that adage that good things often arise from adverse circumstances? Yeah, it's... Um... This is something, you know, my, my wife and I have, have talked about, and she is, uh, you know, very much with the mindset and you know, very much accepting that Brody's here for a reason, and he's put in our, our lives specifically, you know, for a reason. And I think as time goes on and, you know, the journey that, you know, we've, we've kind of been led down with not, not only with the frog, but with um, this, you know, e-stem, spinal, spinal e-stem, and how many children that's helping now and how many will in the future – Maybe there's truth to that. You know, I was, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I've, I've never, never been a big faith believer, but my gosh, you know, we first heard the news that we were going to have a child with spina bifida, all the negatives go through our head. And then now, like, wow, right. all the positives that have came out of this have been overwhelming. He's helped more people in his two and a half years than most people do in their entire lives. Um, yeah. Touch more lives in his two and a half years than most, most people do in their entire lives. So it's just, yeah. it's incredible. It really is. It definitely changes your perspective, doesn't it? It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, Taylor and Gertie, uh, I want to thank you so much for speaking with us on Move Forward Radio and, and sharing uh, your story with uh, with our listeners. We've really appreciated it. Yeah, thank, thank you, Eric. You, Eric. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or find previous episodes at ChoosePT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Find a physical therapist near you at ChoosePT.com.